Welcome to Hit The Real, uh, where we sit down and we talk about the uh, media and entertainment that we consume and we, we really think about it. I'm joined again by my uh, friend and colleague, uh, Jesse. Uh, how you doing, Jesse? Present, as usual. <laughs> Very nice. And we actually have our first uh, guest with us this week, uh, one of Jesse and I's longtime friends, uh, Kevin. How you doing, Kevin? I'm good. I'm your first paid guest, though, to be clear, right? I'm yeah. yeah. Yes, true. You are our first, uh, I mean, you're our first guest, first paid guest. Uh, I'm paying you with uh, uh, access to my uh, Disney Plus subscription, I think is how you're getting paid, correct? Yes, yes. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so what we're going to do uh, before we actually really start talking about uh, uh, kind of this episode, uh, we're actually going to take a moment of silence. Um all three of us are from Colorado and, in fact, have spent a lot of time up in Boulder. And um, after uh, kind of what happened up there um, with the shooting, uh, we would like to take a moment of silence to kind of pay our respects to um, a community that we all have ties to and I think all feel strongly about. So take that moment of silence here now. All right. And again, I mean, I personally uh, send my condolences out to the families that are affected uh, by this tragedy that happened recently. And I, I'm assuming you guys feel the same way, too. Most definitely. Yes. Perfect. All right. So, I mean, after that kind of moment, let's talk about it. I'm going to give a brief preview of the episode. Uh, we're going to talk about the Snyder Cut. Um, we're going to hit reactions kind of... Um, resolution to the Snyderverse, what's happening with the Snyderverse, beyond the Snyderverse. I feel like I've said Snyder too many times and it's starting to sound weird. I feel weird, like I'm already confused but, uh, on what's happening. But <laughs> Good, I think. And, and, and with that wonderful uh, segue, let's kick it over to Kevin. Uh, what do you think of the Snyder Cut? Okay, so I feel like I have to preface this with a lot of warnings here first because I am coming into this as less of a DC guy um, I don't think I even told you to this because I didn't think you would want me on here if I did, but I didn't even see the original cut of Snyderverse, so I'm not going to be comparing it to that, but I do think I bring an interesting perspective of seeing the film in a, in a newbie's eyes to see if it justified, you know, the things like it's four hour length and all of that. So um, I won't be too negative, but I will say I was not impressed and I am not too pleased that I spent time with this other than, you know, it gives me the opportunity to hang out with my buddies here. Um, I don't know if we want to get into everything right now on my perspective, or if we want to kind of jump through you two first and then round back because um, frankly, I don't know where to start with my, um, my unhappiness. Yeah. I, I think uh, I, I do like that idea kind of just talking a little bit about, um, what our lead in, what our experiences for this. Uh, Jesse and I talked a little bit about kind of prepping for this last week. So I'd be, I think that's actually a great idea, Kevin. And then we can kind of circle back to the, 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 the emotional responses that we had. Um, so I'll go first. Uh, I think it's a pretty good setup. Um, I, sim similar to you, Kevin, I actually didn't see the original cut 
uh, when it like came out and hadn't cared to see it or anything else like that. The only reason I watched it was because I wanted to know what the I wanted to see what the difference was. So I watched it like two weekends ago for the very first time with my girlfriend who had seen it before. Um, and I had watched it for that first time and just kind of was like, oh, OK, this is a thing. Interesting. I can see why it didn't really people didn't enjoy it. There's certain aspects of it that aren't. Yeah. Um, and then watch the Snyder cuts because I specifically was like, you know what? I want to see this cultural thing. So it's my kind of lead into like my experience. So I'm not a brand new newbie, but I didn't have like an emotional connection to like, I feel like some other people had. Right. So in your eyes, then you're viewing this as a, what are the differences and was it justified to make two for those differences? Right. Whereas yeah, I'm exactly. in more of the, I want to see this with fresh eyes and does it justify its existence at all? Because I, I don't think we should handicap it just because there's a worse version out there. Right. Right. Yeah. Jesse, you know, I would not have expected at any point in my life that I would be the guy on the other end of the spectrum, hoping that DC is going to, you know, rise to the occasion here and deliver on something for once. So that's an, that's an interesting position to find myself in. But um, I'm also different in the fact that I did see uh, Joss Whedon's Justice League or Justice League as it's not so affectionately <laughs> referred to by Snyder oh, fans. No. I, my, my part has puns, dude. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but uh, I liked the movie okay when it came out and didn't you know think too negatively of it by any means but then i never watched it again nor did i have any desire to ever go back and it kind of made me feel pretty lethargic overall in terms of the dc extended film universe and whatnot um so my perspective was more were they going to you know restore this vision back to what Zach had originally intended and what was that outcome going to be because as Michael and I talked about last week I I liked the rest of his you know DC movies okay I had some issues with them but there was it's been a very tumultuous road <laughs> to get here so I I didn't have a lot of faith that this was going to be the greatest movie um I was really dumbfounded that it was even happening in a lot of ways. So I was excited, but I, I was trying not to get too excited because I didn't want to be disappointed again. Almost like a jilted kind lover, of. Jesse. Yeah. Describing it. Yeah. And, and I will say, I, as, as unhappy as I am, I do want to make it clear. I, I'm happy it exists just for the absurdity of it and that also people... I guess like Jesse, you know, these big Snyder fans are happy that this has seen the light of day and that's good. And I get it's, you know, mostly for them. So like, I think it's cool that it exists in that viewpoint, but I'm saying purely as somebody who, whether I could recommend it to my friends or whether I would ever watch it again, um, you know, my expectations were already low and, and they, they were not met, but I'm happy overall. Like it, it, I like when these weird things are, you know, can, can happen. And this can only happen in this unique situation. Perfect. I mean, so in that, and uh, leading in with that, Kevin, I mean, tell us, let's, let's take the gloves off. What did okay. you, what, what, let's hear it. Let's go. Um, uh, where to start. So first of all, um, 
did you guys notice every time Wonder Woman spoke or did anything, she had like a little musical Amazonian cue? Did you pick up on that? Yes. That, so every time that, that, I speak, yeah. if you could like edit in that musical cue, that'd be really great. Cause <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, okay. So I, after I watched it, I didn't think not seeing the first one was a mistake. Like, I don't feel like I have to go back and see the original one at all, but I do think not watching, uh, I guess, so my viewing of DC, the DC verse is very like hit or miss. I've seen some, I haven't seen all of them. Um, overall but i think my biggest mistake was not watching batman versus superman versus this because i was i was so confused in so many parts and i think if i would have had that as more of a backstory even though you know everyone says it's so poor i i might have enjoyed it more but like as somebody who had never seen that i was thoroughly confused and also just like not sure um what was going on a lot of the time and, and i don't know if that's would have helped honestly but that's so that's probably my mistake but overall so i felt like the first two hours you know uh were pretty slow and meandering um but probably actually caught my interest more than the latter half but i will say it felt like the first part was it was almost like if marvel had taken all their post-credit scenes and pieced them together you know like when nick fury is going around saying i'm building a man you know a team of of you know super humans or whatever it's kind of what it felt like you know bruce wayne's like going around trying to collect these people and it's like a will they won't they you know it's kind of a slog but i was intrigued enough to finish it but by the end by the by the time they're getting their plans together i just i i, I could not i wasn't entertained and i wasn't pleased with you know what was going on or, or sure um there's there's honestly so much so i don't know if you want to cut me off and and start talking about something yeah. and i can jump in here because um no. i i kind of um kind of actually uh, i disagree with you on the sense that the first half of that i was so bored i uh i mean like parts of it like there were small i'm gonna say like vignettes that were like real cute and i liked them like the whole sitting in my second favorite chair in the dark um scene with uh flash and um batman i you know that was that that was good i like that but the whole like setup like it just felt like as i'm watching it every every moment for like the first beginning part all i could think about was like wow we could have cut like you could have cut like 30 seconds here and another 30 seconds and like oh there could have been like you didn't have to we we, we zoomed in uh, we zoomed out on those uh that amazon uh that got crushed by the horse like three different times like why did we need those three different weird oh, cuts yeah. for on that on that zoom out like it i, I would have been more engrossed as a, uh, like as a you know viewer if it was like one continuous like pulling out and showing the bigger grandiose battle that or the carnage that had happened but we had like three weird cuts and it was like well why did we need those three weird cuts so like the first half of the movie i was just like okay does this need to be four hours long when i'm sitting here going well you know 30 seconds can have been cut here 30 seconds oh, can yeah. have been cut here and that like slowly no absolutely up. i should be more um, clear it's not that i am <laughs> defending the first part of the movie <laughs> i'm saying just my general interest yeah. I, I guess i should say mm -hmm. i was fresh fresh eyes feeling okay feeling like fine about it and then as it just dragged on it was it was worse and worse but absolutely i i should have written down like sections that i thought could have been cut in this movie it, it was unbelievable how many slow-mo or like yeah zooming shots or just shots of like 
nothing or even awkward silence between the characters. But I was like, why was that left in there? I don't understand. Like, it just, there's nothing there. And it, it really seemed like somebody at, you know, HBO told him he needs to, like, it was an essay requirement. Like, you have to get at least four pages. He had to get at least four hours or something. Because there was just so many times where I was like, what, that, like, yeah, we could have saved a, we could have saved a, a good chunk of time on really easy cuts and edits here. Not that I know how to make films or anything. I just, that's how I felt. <laughs> and I think, you know, that's one place where we can probably agree the most. And one reason why I'm happy we brought you in, Kevin, is because you do have that differing perspective from both Michael and then mine. And I think that's helpful in terms of the different people who may or may not listen to this someday and look for the one who resonates the most with their personal experience. And definitely, you know, there were parts that were too long that should have been cut down a little bit. Um, I saw a fun fact today that I wanted to share with you guys that 10% of this movie is in slow motion. And yeah, that's, yeah. I, I could have told you that. I was just guessing. And that, I think, <laughs> speaks volumes about how much it was used um and i am i mean i am a Zack snyder fan so that you know makes it a little different but i i saw another good quote where with Zack snyder you you get the very best of him in this movie but with the best of him comes some of his worst traits in that he is over excessive he is a little too grandiose he you know lingers too long on certain cuts or certain scenes and uh, it's. I don't think this is going to convert anyone who's not a yeah. Snyder fan before. Well, and I think what that that last point is probably what my biggest issue is with him. Like, I like, you know, there's a lot of Watchmen that I really enjoyed because, you know, he took scenes directly from the comic book and they're like beautiful on the screen. And you know, it's shot so well in ways. You know, there's still problems with it overall, but it, like. In Zack Snyder's world, I just don't understand. Like, he seems to think he tries to make everything epic and over the top, like every single moment. But I feel like if you do that for every single moment, then it really like guts the emotional impact when something like really big does happen. You know, if you're just constantly like on a roller coaster going like up, I feel like you're—I don't know—you just never get that emotional impact of like the calm, like the calm is important for the flow of the story. And I think that's probably my biggest problem with it is I just, the, the flow feels off and, and I can't take everything serious, especially in a four hour movie. Like I can't take everything as being the most important moment in the, you know, DC verse. And, and I have to, I mean, you're spot on. I think it's one of the big things The like even the visual aspect of everyone sees everything in slow-mo. Like you see, wonder woman dodging bullets you see you know super i mean admittedly superman is there's that whole thing of like who's faster flash or superman but like almost every one of the characters is seems to be able to see things in slow motion and then that kind of discounts how fast the flash seems yeah. to be sometimes because he yes he is fast enough to be able to finger uh wonder woman's sword back into her hand um, <laughs> but <laughs> No, that came that came out right. Let's be clear. There is so much awkward sexual tension in like. But the that first, wasn't like, one of movie. them, though. Um, 
<laughs> Wait, I, I mean, so I did hear. I, that real quick. I did hear that in the original cut, there was even more of that between Wonder Woman and Flash. Is that is that true? Like, was it actually toned down here? Yes, because it still existed oh, here, I, it, I but mean, it was awkward. Yeah. Basically, in the original, yeah. he's a creep for Wonder Woman. <laughs> in this one, he's just kind of a goof. And wait, there's wait. an instance okay. or two, but not full-fledged creeping. Like, but So, Justice. like, in this one, he, he did have a scene. It wasn't with Wonder Woman. It was just another woman who I know is important in some aspect, but I don't know all the details. Then in the car crash scene, like, the, when we're first introduced to him, right. you know, and, and there's a hot dog, he does, like, take a moment to, like, mm-hmm. put her hair behind her ear and it's just that uh, there's that there's no excuse for that creepiness in any any way except for the setup like you know he's uh i guess you know kind of a creepy dude right now in this point in his life but was it like more like that kind of stuff like he just was always talking to diane uh, i mean there's like it i i do think they kind of toned down some of the weirdness of like there and i think it's the directors too is like kind of the the artistic vision here um where just kind of how they do humor at one point i think in the original cut um they like in the when they're in the the weird tunnel thing uh with the the nightcrawler tank robot right. thing um he like falls on her chest like they they both i think it's even that scene where he he, he touches the sword or something but they fall on on the ground and he lands on top of her like in her boobs like face first into that, and then he does like the like the quick stand up thing, and he's just like, oh, I didn't that uh, uh, that was weird. Uh, well, now now you're thing. now you're so, making it so I have uh, to see this. Like that's I, I can't I can't miss that now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so I mean, even, I mean, we we in, in our uh, outline here, I, like I think let's let's segue into like what we thought about kind of the Flash rework. I feel like. Out of all of them, I think the Flash, Cyborg, and I even say a little bit of Aquaman kind of got a, a bit of a rework kind of in this cut, and we're kind of are, are almost. I would completely add Steppenwolf to that as well. I thought he was different in this than compared oh. to the original. Yeah. Again, didn't see the original <laughs> one, but I will say, coming out of this, I wanted to. Like, I definitely was more interested in seeing the Aqua, Aquaman movie that I never did see than um, I expected to be. Like now it's kind of like, I, he wasn't in it a lot. He didn't have a big part or anything, but I was kind of like, I would I would watch that movie. Yeah. Um, that but funny, like, Cause that's how me and Michael both felt after that. I was like, oh shit, we better go watch Aquaman again. Oh, okay, so good. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a universal thing. Yeah, uh, right. I didn't feel like much, <laughs> I needed to see much more of, of Cyborg. I did hear that he got a lot more in this. He got his like Friday nights, Friday night light treatment, you know, with his backstory. Right. And like I don't know, the Flash just kind of wasn't really wasn't my thing, I guess. So I don't really need to see more of those. Um, but I did feel like, as you know, they definitely had backstories, and you know, there was like I knew who who they were, you know, for this movie, which is important considering neither of them were in the two movies that preceded this one. So right. hopefully, for the casual mm-hmm. audiences, they are at least getting that because that as we've kind of pointed to here was one of the big pain points of the original is that those two are just kind of thrown in and they're just kind of, one's a creep, one's just kind of boring and there's not really much of a justification for either of them to be part of this team other than it 
they're in the Justice League, so they have to be in the movie. But right. I felt so that's, here... That's a good point. That's a positive yeah. that I'm, I'm leaving with. So that's yeah, I, There's a few positives for me. So. There, there are some positives, and I think that was definitely one of them, that every person on the team had a purpose for being there at the end. And I think, Michael, you having seen the original could probably touch on just, I mean, the incredible mm -hmm. difference between what Flash did at the end of Joss Whedon's version and, and what he did here. Yeah, and, and to be clear, like I feel like the Flash as um, I did not like the car, the the weird caressing thing that was awkward, and I did not enjoy that. I did like the whole like he saw the accident happening and quickly, you know, kind of fixed you're, that. Um, you're talking about the the car crash in like, the new one. The, okay. Yeah, the car crash. Yeah, yeah. The, the in the in, in the Snyder cut, like that hit that introduction to kind of him as a character. I think was really important because it kind of showed like you know a bit more of his powers and kind of what he stood for and kind of how he does his superheroing. He doesn't do it in these big grandiose ways because he doesn't have to. And then like later in the movie, he's uh, in the Snyder cut. He, in that big, the tunnel scene where they're rescuing the people, he like dives right in. And then when they're escaping, he doesn't help people. Like, like when they were running up the stairs, I was like, Oh, he's going to like, realize everyone's moving real slow and going to be like, oh, and get really frustrated and then just start zipping back and forth and pulling people out. But no, nope, Pete, he let those poor people that were in danger run up all those stairs while he yeah, was like, he was like making jokes about them character. being slow. And I he was, was like, so yeah, confused. Like, I was like, maybe he yeah, can't take like, them. I was just like, do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and yeah, so th there was that. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird that he's not like rescuing these people because I feel like uh, in the original version, um, which I loved as like a story beat was that he told Batman when they were about to confront uh, Steppenwolf, like he was like, I'm not like, I don't do this. This is not what I, I like. I just push people. And Batman told him save one. And he was like, well, then what? And he's like, then you'll know. And that's what he did. He saved one person and then like put him down and realized, Oh, this is, I'm going to go back and do another one. And so that was like a really nice story beat in the original. And yeah. we kind of lost that in this one, which is a little sad. But then as he kind of evolved and then like that was kind of also his thing in the in, in the first cut at the end battle was like he was kind of just running around doing some stuff. Didn't really have a purpose, just kind of was there. Um, and even in the the, the Superman fight scene, um, he was kind of just there. And to have that one really cool scene where he's like running around them all fighting and like Superman like can see him. Can and, like, we recognize that he's, part he's, like, real quick because we talked about it? earlier and i don't want to miss it again can we just recognize yeah. that as a good instance of slow motion and that Zack <laughs> snyder does he does know yes. how to do slow motion well he just doesn't know how to fucking restrain himself from going exactly because slow with no, no no that that is good use but uh, i was gonna say the, the original scene yes. that i think like all of us nerds think about with fast people is in one of the x-men with the with quicksilver right like in the, I, I'm sorry, I cannot remember mm -hmm. what it's called anymore. Days um, but like the best, latest, right? Yes, right. Like there's a really great scene of like, kind of the, like one of the first times they did like a slow down thing for a fast person. Yeah. And I feel like ever that came, ever since that came out, like anytime you see like a fast superhero, they're always trying to get to that. Sure. And I feel like Snyder like really, yeah. really, really used that. And like I get he, it. It's, he just went for it. Much, yeah, he just went for it. Like I get it. If someone is fast. 
you know, in a movie, there's not much you can like show them, you know? I mean, I guess the Incredibles did it with the kid, but mm -hmm. so I get why he did it, but it was, it was overly used, but that was an instance, yeah, where it's definitely justified because there's some like fan service, but there's also like an actual like, oh shit, like moment kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, that, that moment I, I do, it, it, that was good. And then the, the then they kind of did the other stuff with him with like being like oh if I go too fast things get weird with time and it's like okay cool that's like an homage to like that that's like talking kind of like alluding to Flashpoint and what we later learn in the movie is like going to be a major plot point that essentially he like rewrites time um, and then he has that purpose where he's like running around which is weird is that he has to run around to build up that charge and then he gets shot. Uh, because he's traveling almost the speed of light by some parademon, who I will give credit to that parademon. Was that was like very, playing Halo very online and trying to shoot so all the 12 year old kids. And they're, right. It's like it one in a billion shot that he got. Yeah. He got it. <laughs> yeah. He nailed it. Um, and, you know, which is good. And then Flash had no problem building up the charge again, like running a shorter distance in a less amount of time, and admittedly because you know the world was ending. Right, right. And I, 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 I wanted but, to talk about that, but I also didn't want to. Like, I, I thought you guys would accuse me of nitpicking too much, but that that was a bit at the end. I was kind of like, what, what is going on here? Like, oh, he's running back through time to stop. Like, it, it took me a second, but also, I get it. It's a comic book movie. Not everything has to make you know perfect sense in a, in a way. But I agree with you. It was very like in the moment. I was mm -hmm. just like, okay, not sure what's going on exactly or how this is happening. And that was actually one of the peaks yeah. for the movie for me was that instance at the end. And it's I I realize mm -hmm. now I segued to you uh, improperly, Michael, because I I thought that you were on that same page that you really preferred what they did with his story here as opposed to the original but it sounds like you know a couple of those beats you liked in the original and i you know i have for a while so I can't. wait hold on i just want to yeah. clarify so the peak for you in the movie was three hours and 45 minutes in <laughs> well, that's that's the climax right that's that should be the strongest point of the movie no you're you're, you're right you're right, you're right i just uh, i guess in my mind i was just so um kind of done in my head but like it if 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 time, you know, didn't exist in that sense, if I wasn't exhausted, then I could see if, that. If you sure. could run through time like the Flash, you probably would yes. enjoy the movie yes. more than you did. But yes. no, I, I, I didn't have those issues really. You know, Michael and I made jokes in regards to the running time, and you know, it, it is an extremely long movie and longer than it should mm -hmm. be. But the four hours itself, I mean, it it went by pretty fast and I remained invested and entertained throughout that duration. Um, so when I got to the climax, you know, and you know, they're having to reverse, you know, what just happened and it all kind of falls down to the flash that was, you know, it just really worked for me. And I thought it was so much cooler than how he was utilized in the last version where he's just, saving one as batman told him to do or rather it it kind of all falls on him and if he wasn't there i mean this whole thing would have been fucked and they you know would have lost that so i that to me is really you know kind of how i bought in was just having this real strong team unity in that you know there's no one here is you know disposable everybody needs to be here for them to to win well okay so back to so really quick 
because I do I, I do think I am a little handicapped here because I see your point. Like that makes a lot of sense when you can look at the character and be like, hey, they did a more justice. And, and to that, be fair too, and I'll just keep this quick, is that I have seen Man of Steel and Batman v Superman prior to this also have seen them multiple times. So I'm coming from a point where, well, I've, I've spent enough time in this universe to kind of, you know, know right. where things are supposed to go. So from that. And that's, so that's on, and that's on me too. It's not necessarily fair for me to come in and, and say that, but I also do think it should stand on its own in a way, but I totally get what you're saying. Like you can't not compare them at this point. It's impossible. And, and you're going to feel more favorable yeah. towards this, but I will ask you, so how um, do you think, because the last point of you saying everyone was like completely necessary, and I, I definitely get it for Cyborg and Flash, and you know Bruce Wayne brought them all together, and I guess Wonder Woman helped too. But I don't like where does like Aquaman and to a lesser extent Wonder Woman like how how I don't see how they were needed as much. I felt like they're kind of hanging out a lot towards the end, or did I did I miss something there that, that there was like a vital scene for them? You know, like- I guess they also had the mother boxes in there. Um, hometowns or whatever you want to call it. So they were like representing that <laughs> aspect in a way. I mean, there was, you know, and there was the instance in the, the tunnel where they're under the harbor and he helps them escape. Um, so right, right. For, I mean, not to be, you know, super nitpicky because I don't want to be that guy, but that was, that was one. And then his role at the end is more or less to just kind of, be a tank alongside Wonder Woman and be in this fight and take on Steppenwolf right. because Batman mm-hmm. is old, his knees are giving out, his back is tired, he's barely, you know, getting around. He's not that <laughs> bad, but we joked about that no. too. Um, no, he is. Like there is, a, I was. There was times when I was like, "Cool, he like he's more Nick Fury than he is like he Iron is, Man." Because right? you know, that's, I think that's one reason why when I was younger, I yeah. always had a hard time buying Batman in the Justice League because I was like, "What the fuck is he supposed to do in that type of a fight against all these, you know, metahumans and superpowered gods and shit?" Like he's just a, you know, a man, and he doesn't have an Iron Man suit or anything. So, uh, well, especially also like, um, sorry, not like Snyder's version of Batman too, where like he's a lot more you know, before, like, in this normal routine, he's not killing people, and he's not really using, like, guns, right, in, in that way. But, like, in this version, like, he has, like, the weapons, and he just kind of, like, plows through people. I, I mean... So he's a little bit more, I guess, useful in a I way. Mean, he was that. definitely like that in Batman v Superman, too, which is another conversation, but, uh, no, I, to, to not derail too much, I think, you know, he was being the decoy and kind of, like, team leader off in the background and coordinating Right. flashes, you know, reversing time. Superman is the one they need to arrive at the end and help them stop Steppenwolf and, you know, prevent the unity. Yeah. Um, so Aquaman is really just like the ground soldier in the middle of the fight with Wonder Woman. And I, I would agree he didn't get as much shine as some of those other characters. He did get to, you know, stab Steppenwolf and just fucking wave him over his head like a flag which i thought was pretty (laughs) hardcore but uh he was not you know as i guess as essential so i will give you that um but i still felt that he his presence was necessary for them no i get it in in an actual real like battle you you need that that strategy right of people in certain places and and i get that and i'm being too harsh on it but i was saying necessarily yeah, it's already it's stuffed with characters, but I, I get it. it. It's fun, and there is, like I said, representation um, for his people there. But I, uh, 
there is also a Superman issue here where I, 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 I do kind of feel like Captain Marvel 2, you know, an end game where they kind of hit her because she's like, there's other things to do in the, in the universe. I can't just come, you know, be here all the time. Sure. Like, and I, but this is different because I know Superman's dead. But like, as soon as they is brought, as soon as he's brought back and I guess he goes to the farm and finds his piece again, like, there's no real need for anyone, I feel like. Like, he, he definitely could have handled this on his own, right? I mean, they needed him, they needed everyone for the plan, I guess. I mean, yeah, ex- ex- except for like, yeah, they, and that's kind of, I think that's kind of, uh, I know Jesse and I talked about it briefly before, was that in, in the original, you kind of, yeah, you, you feel like exactly what you're talking about, Kevin, where you're sitting there going, what, what's the point of all these people right. being here? Like, that was Superman's the end of the movie, basically. Like, that's, he's, he's going to just, and that was the end of the movie, yeah. And so I feel like in this cut, at least, it was a little bit more like, no, we need Cyborg to be able to do his <laughs> robot stuff. Um, and we need... You know, we need um, Flash to be here to do his Flash stuff. And, you know, there was need for everyone to be there this time around. Whereas in the original, I kind of felt like they were like, all right, we got to do this because Superman is someplace. We're basically stalling and reasons. Let's go, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Which is, you know, don't get me wrong. In, In the context of that movie, it makes sense. It's not satisfying, but it makes sense. They're like, well, our, our uh, you know, our, our uh, DPS, you know, using a gamer term is is gone. Well, okay, cool. Let's go do this boss raid without our, you know, overleveled best friend. Cool. Let's, we got this, guys. So, so, I, yeah. No, and and I, I, and I get where you're coming handicapped by the fact that I'm not watching another cut. But like, in, it definitely sounds like they righted a lot of those wrongs. And I do feel like there's a more fleshed out team overall. Mm-hmm. I still don't really know what Cyborg can do. I, I'm a little confused about that. But I think that's more, again, issue to the length than me just like losing, uh, you know, uh, some of my attention span. But what did uh, you overall like? There was a plan in place. What did you think of? cyborgs just roll and arc in the movie Kevin because I know both Michael and I are coming at this like he was extremely shortchanged and there was a lot of controversy behind that when the film was in development but I mean when being a, a, a newbie to this what was your you know just overall impressions of him and his I, so I, I, I thought like I um, again I, I don't really know <laughs> fully what he can do but I think that him and his relationship with his dad was like the emotional, um, I don't know, uh, cornerstone to this movie, right? Like that you needed that relationship. You needed his dad to die to get him like moving kind of like towards the end, right? Like there was like a revenge thing going on to get him brought, like essentially keep going like keep, with a strength, right? So like that, that was neat. Um, I mean, overall, there's just so much going on in this movie that, uh, you know, it was fine. It was good. I, it was, you know, he's not my favorite character. Like, I, I'm not going to, you know, like I said, look forward to a cyborg movie or anything. But I was a little shocked that in the original that wasn't there. I can't really imagine it without that necessarily. Because it seems like he's so overpowered in the way of, like, working on the ships and all the all the things that I feel like he'd have to be there. So I'm not, it, it's actually intriguing to think about him with a lesser role. See, that's no. I mean, this is a good. It's 
you're talking about not being part of like that's a good part of the bring up because it's true like think seeing how he was integrated in this movie versus how he was integrated in the previous one it, he is like he's the cornerstone he's the he's the his story is the the heart of the movie uh, in so many ways I'm a little sad though uh, that he and like Barry didn't bond over like an apt, absentee father type situation or well <laughs> I mean I'm surprised they all didn't bond over absentee fathers slash mothers because if you look at the entire roster everyone's missing oh, God, uh, Daddy, a parent or multiple yeah. parents um, depending on who you but so, yeah, yeah, I, mean, like, I, yeah. But I think just so they brought in a little bit. So these, there's a big difference in these like DC movies versus Marvel movies, where these are all like really big. These are like gods, right? And I think Zack Snyder wants you to think of them as like so powerful. So there's not much mm-hmm. emotion. There's not connection between the the few. They feel like you know they're there to help, but not. I don't know. They don't seem like into the world, but having the emotional, even though the father was like absentee, like still having that emotion is important to the movie. In the original Avengers, um, I think like they rallied around. Uh, I cannot remember his name, but the the agent, the Coulson. agent Coulson, right? They rallied around his death, like that agent was Coulson. You know, like we all were emotionally invested in that guy because he was funny and he helped and he was there, you know, the whole time. And then he dies, and they're like, you know, this is real. We got to like, get together and do this, like put our differences aside. And I feel like they're kind of doing that with Cyborg's father, but more is more personal for for him. In a way, like it wasn't for everybody else, but there was like an emotional thing that existed there that you could at least point to and be like, sure, they're all gods, but there is some form of humanity left <laughs> in the movie. I Yeah, I saw that more as <laughs> sort of, you know, the first like, you know, I guess healthy part of, you know, his relationship with his father that he had right. actually shared with him. Of course, he's you know getting vaporized. So that that's another another stone family tragedy. But um, that was you know his sacrifice, as you said, kind of motivated motivated Victor you know to keep pushing forward. Then they get to the end and to the epilogue, which we can talk on talk about more in a second because uh, i know you have a question we need a separate we need a separate podcast for that um yeah. and we could you know because it's our show we can do whatever we want but, uh, <laughs> i think then he listens to the tape recorder you know he's he had that good line you know right before he split the unity that you know i'm not broken and i'm not alone type of thing and i think that was all kind of you know uh sparked you know by his father and i think while it was tragic, that gives him at least, you know, one nice moment with a man that he pretty much despised, you know, prior to right. that. So Right. And I mean, a real emotional moment was when they, like, looked at each other as he helped them. Yeah. You know, he, he called out. I, I guess he didn't need to because they were going in anyway. But the father, like, said, no, there is an emergency. Nobody come in. You know what I mean? And they, like, oh, kind of sure. had that mutual respect for a moment. So they got that, like, nice thing mm-hmm. right before the vaporizing. So he was really, like, yeah, like you said, finally having the... <laughs> that that thing and and you know i think there was like a bit of respect there where they they couldn't have a normal relationship because of circumstances sure. there's more important things going on but they, they they at least got that and that i actually enjoyed so again i can't imagine what it was like in the other version because without that you just have a bunch of gods you know kind of flying around i guess joking with each other more right there's a lot more jokes in the original joss whedon version but
I struggle with some of the jokes. There was, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, and I don't think, and I, I, again, I didn't see it, but I don't think Ridiculous. every movie needs to be a Marvel movie. I don't think everyone needs to be making cracking jokes. Not everyone should be, you know, Robert Downey Jr. or, or you know, Tony Stark like making these jokes. So it was the right balance for seriousness and the amount of jokes that they were going for. So I, I, in that, in, uh, in this one, in this in one, this right? one. Not were... no, and then the other one, yeah, we. Yeah, like you said, yeah, not yeah. not bueno in that regard. But uh, um, no, here I felt like you know they found a good balance for all that. The only joke I can really recall that was said from anyone other than Flash was Bruce Wayne saying what you know, or him asking what's your superpower, and Bruce Wayne saying I'm rich. But I even heard that one because I was in the trailers way back in 2017. But I think that's the only one that like jumped out that I can remember. I uh, also yeah, <laughs> Barry the Flash asking about. Wonder Woman. Oh, well, you think she go for a younger guy? And just yeah. cyborg deadpanning. She's five thousand years old. Every guy's a younger guy. Type of thing. So. Oh my I, gosh! I wonder, have you seen Have you seen yeah. Wonder Woman eighty four? I mean, not okay. yet. Oh, okay. So I guess this won't hit as close for you, Jesse. Yes. But when um uh uh Batman and Wonder Woman are looking at the big ship, that uh, Superman ship, and Wonder Woman says something like. I know a pilot who'd have loved to drive that ship or something like that. Like I could not handle it, but it's because of like <laughs> the ridiculousness of Wonder Woman 1984, like how obsessed she was to get that guy back. And like, I, I don't know, I, that moment like almost ruined the movie for me from the jump. I was like, yeah, okay. He died a long time ago and I'm sorry. <laughs> and that sucks, but like, come on, there's, there's so many, like move on. I don't know. Let's take, <laughs> I'm sorry, Michael. Go ahead. I mean, no, I was gonna, I was gonna just follow on what Kevin said. Uh, I that moment too also irritate. Uh, when I heard that, I was just like, and I bet he would be able to just walk into it and fly it with no idea how, right? You know, yeah, no, absolutely. Is, like nobody, no one else can figure this out. Even yeah, cyborg can communicate. Whatever. With it. No, yeah, that, he'd yeah. definitely just be like, yeah. push some buttons and get it going. But, yeah, that's yeah. Another, you know, se mm. sexual yeah. anecdote there, but uh, um, <laughs> I would say real quickly, um, <laughs> let's talk about Steppenwolf. So, I want to be somewhat respectful of our our time, and it's a long movie, so we'll, yeah. we'll be going a little longer than normal. But again, Michael, having mm. watched it recently, and yeah. you know, I only saw this, you know, the one time, but even I, you know, he he jumped out at me during that viewing as someone who not only was a more, you know, visually, you know, impressive villain and one with a better arc, but also, you know, he, I kind of felt bad for the guy a little bit too, because, you know, he, he just wanted to go home and he owes dark side 50,000 worlds before he can get there. So <laughs> what a bummer. Yeah, so I kind of had, I, and I don't know if, I don't remember, know if you heard me, Jesse, but I, when he, when he showed up for the first time, my, my reaction to him and being so fresh off the other movie was he looks <laughs> equally interesting and dumb. Like, he, and, and I, I eventually figured it out because I like rewatched a bunch of like footage online and I figured out what was irritating me about him. It was his eyes. Yeah, the new Steppenwolf and the Snyder Cut, his eyes are just 
too cartoony for me. The whites of them are too white. They bulge too much. Where if I look at the original, he had, and I'm going to say it, and it's going to be weird because he's an alien, but he had a more humanistic, like what I, it was definitely hitting the uncanny valley where I looked at it and I was like, this is, my mind is not registering this as like an actual being because it looks too weird as the new one. His armor, that was super cool. I kind of liked that. That was the part that I was like, this, this looks pretty cool. I like this setting. It's less kind of just random armor that you know anybody would have it's got you know kind of looks a little bit like the destroyer armor from um the thor movie but also is kind of like spiky and reacts to him and he does things with it and people punch him but they don't ever punch the spikes which was kind of weird but uh i i I think he as a character uh not just in this instance but also like in the the comic books because i did some research on it afterwards to learn a little bit more he he is that tragic he's kind of a tragic hero uh tragic character in all regards in every in so most in that iterations respect, now they I'm did more justice here yeah no no pun intended more justice here in justice league than in the original one <laughs> yeah i do i i do think um just kind of learning a little bit more about kind of him and it's i mean it's comic books so it's weird and sometimes and you know, whatever. Uh, but I do feel like in the comics, he plays a little bit more of a tragic figure uh, in regards to how he interacts with Darkseid. I think he's actually his uncle in the comics. Um, so, yeah, I do feel like they did do him a little bit more justice, not just in how he looked visually, but also just kind of his overall. Definitely. Um, Kevin, how, how did you arc, feel? Say. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I wasn't. I wasn't all locked in to him as much. Um, he kind of, it kind of just like his whole look and aesthetic like reminded me of like Thor dark world in a way, for some reason, like I just couldn't get it out of my head. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like he was the bad guy I needed to worry about. Like they kept looking to dark side in this movie and I kept kind of thinking like, Oh, that's like the Thanos. That's like the big guy that they're going to like, that's the real big battle. And I think I made the mistake in my head thinking since it was like a four hour movie, you know, um, that Steppenwolf was going to be like the first kind of like boss battle. And then they were going to get to the dark side of things. I didn't realize that like, this is more in the viewing of like, again, like Avengers one or Avengers age of Ultron, you know, like just like yeah. part of the bigger story, like part of the Snyderverse that like dark side we put out there, you know, and we can talk about that later, you know, but theoretically for a bigger, bigger movie. Um, so I was a little caught off guard. So I don't think I was as invested in it overall, but um there was more, yeah, there is that a more emotional impact. Like that, that is better for our villains to to have something where you kind of feel like the tragic, you know, backstory. I just wasn't as invested as um, you two seem to be in. Like he was, he was fine. There's no complaints. Like there was a, he caused a lot of issues and he failed. So there was a good, like tragic, you know, story there. Well, and he, <laughs> he almost... He almost accomplished his mission, though, because he had him unified in the well, pesky flat. He did. I mean, it's the same thing with like Thanos. They technically yeah. like did, and then time travel came into yeah. the equation and, and ruined it. <laughs> they basically did the entire plot of Endgame in about a three-minute right. sequence. At the end yeah. <laughs> Which is... Slow you know, motion, too. A lot of more slow yeah, motion. All slow motion. <laughs> that makes sense, and I, I appreciate that. And I think, you know, it, it was just nice to have, you know, just 
something you know to invest in when it comes to this villain because you didn't get much of that in the original version one thing that Zack snyder doesn't do well in these movies and i you know think this will segue into you know some of the other issues you guys wanted to touch on but they're not the most accessible films or is it the most accessible universe that he's created because to kevin's point (laughs) You know, being, again, pretty much brand new to all this in terms of sitting down and, you know, watching these movies, um, you know, having not seen the other ones, he had a hard time navigating the first couple of hours because it does rely a lot, not just on the first two movies, but it, it kind of, you know, makes the expectation that you as a fan has knowledge or possesses knowledge about, you know, DC and about who these characters are and what what all these little references are. And I think that's a troublesome and problematic way to create a film because casual audiences don't know fuck about anything, you know, super comic related. You know, they don't know anything. So in that aspect, I would say that's, you know, been an issue throughout this entire universe, you know, starting with Man of Steel and continuing here. So I was thinking a lot about this because I also do feel bad. Like I don't, like I understand that other movies exist and there a lot of the emotional impact you would feel would be better off if you were invested. But like, uh, and you know, I do have more knowledge, so I, I could put things together. Sure. But I was thinking about this, like from, and I I don't always love comparing the Marvel and DC. It's because it's just completely different, and I'm not trying to you know shit on DC here, but. Like, you know, Carrie, my, my wife, Carrie, the other day, like, jumped into Avengers Endgame. She had seen Infinity War a couple years ago. She's been in and out of the Marvel Universe. Like, she knows some stuff, but, like, not greatly. And she was having the time of her life watching this movie. And, um, like, she had questions, but it wasn't, like, derailing her. Sure. And, like, I've always thought about that with Marvel. Because as we get into, like, 20-plus movies and people are like, do I have to see this? Like, if they want to watch WandaVision, do I have to see this? And it's always, like no technically not but you are gonna miss a lot and so like i i wonder like it's hard to view this because i'm like are these complaints valid that i'm saying that like i was lost or am i just like missing on some of the minor things you know and overall i get the big picture like overall the day was saved and batman put the team together and you know like overall i got the general story like it it is it's hard to know if they're missing the mark or if it is really just like you know, the more you invest, the more you're going to get out of these movies. I will say real quickly, and then I'll kick it over to Michael, that I think it's a little different in that Marvel, you know, has built this, you know, just, you know, enormous, you know, film universe. And yeah, it feels a little daunting to, oh, fuck, I got to watch 20 movies to, you know, know what's happening in WandaVision. <laughs> Shit, man. But they have given the audience all of the knowledge they need, you know, for the most part, in those movies that came before what we're currently watching. Whereas here in the Snyderverse, he kind of doesn't provide everything that we need up front and mm-hmm. is somewhat reliant on us to be able to call upon the source material for the answers. And that, again, is not, it's just not the most accessible way for an audience to consume a movie and, yeah it's a huge universe so exactly even like things like in the beginning where uh and i'm sorry it was four hours long yeah. so i can't quite remember everything but like in the beginning when like i guess superman's dying and his voice is going out into the world and people feel it 
you know, I don't think there's ever a moment where like, because I'd never seen <laughs> Batman v Superman, and I wasn't completely sure that he had died, but I kind of had heard about it, you know. So there wasn't like any for sure I knew that that was like going on. That you know, I picked up on it. I'm like, oh, clearly Superman's not in this world. But there's also the problem of like, how much like narrative do you want to rehash? You know, how much ex- exposition do you want to bring in and and stuff? Like, it is a tough thing to do. I feel like I am glad he at least through that scene at the beginning where he's dying because that movie came out like six years ago at this point. So right, it's been a hot minute. Yeah. Well, I, I, and I think it, and admittedly, I do think that was a nice, uh, looking at it in like a story beat kind of way. I think that was a nice thing because it, one, it brought us current on what was, ha- what would it just recently happened, kind of like, oh, Superman's dying, he's screaming really loud. Uh, and then, but then it like leads into the, this movie, like it actually is like, okay, we were here. And I actually think it has a nice parallel to the previous movies where we kind of see that in all the Snyder movies, which I do enjoy. In fact, is the, um, what happened last time, but from a different character's point of view. So like at the end, uh, with, uh, uh, with Batman, we see, uh, essentially him interact or like in the same city while it's being destroyed, uh, in, yeah, that's the opening of Batman Um, v Superman. Wait, no, that's yeah. Man of Steel. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. And so it's it's nice to see that kind of like continuity and a little bit of like previously on uh, type motifs that are happening there. Um, it's good, but I think we're and I'm 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 going to split us here a little bit just because I really want to talk about this because I think it it really needs to be talked about. Um, I feel like where Snyder falls down in in as good as he is at leading us into the movie and kind of bringing us along and being like, Hey, there's a little bit happening here. And admittedly, they're not great because I mean, they're not great at telling us all the things, the f- ending of his movies with the freaking like nightmare scene. Right. And that's okay. terrible. It was so should we, can we just jump into the epilogue and, and all aspects? Jump of it? In, man. Uh, because I, I yes. think I told you, um, I texted you guys when we were talking Go about this. Because, yeah, I, I know, really, yeah. I finished the movie, but I did throw something at my TV at some point. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, that blog was overly long in, in, a, in a weird sense. And it was very emotional. Like, they're really trying to, like, show everyone in their thing. But by the time the nightmare scene came around, I was beyond perplexed. I was, like, I have no idea what's going on. It kept going. And I, I was just, like, what? is happening and i'm piecing it together and i'm like did i miss something what is what is happening and then batman or bruce wayne woke up and like that moment they woke up from a dream like i threw some i threw my hat at the at the tv because i was like like that was ridiculous i didn't know you know what i came to learn was that there was a similar scene in uh what batman v superman or something like that or or one of the movies and so like i like i get that now but even like out, outside of that the joker like the whole the whole thing was just I, I I can't believe that made it in like I don't know the purpose like it, it kind of like ruined everything that happened before like he's still having these nightmares even the like part where um, uh, who was the guy who went to Lex Luthor's yacht what was his name De- uh, Deathstroke yeah and then he's here in this nightmare thing but with a you know a mohawk like, Deathstroke I, like immediately after I was just. I was stunned that, that that had happened. And 
I I don't know if I've, I was just super upset. So, I, you know, please, if there's justification for it, I go, please tell me. So I think I can provide some context. Um, in terms of the nightmare sequence itself, you're absolutely correct that it was, you know, a scene in Batman v Superman, and it was part of the Zack's method, if you will, of planting the seeds of what was to come in some of his later movies. Cause he was signed on originally, I think for five. So he had right. two more coming after this. Um, so that, that he was alluding to things that were on the way. The Batman and Joker scene was actually new footage that he shot for this cut specifically. Um, and What? You're, you're lying to me, Jesse. Those super close-ups of their faces. Hey, man, you got all the, all the close-ups of Ben Affleck's background. scruff. That was Jared new Lo- footage? Jared Leto's gross red mouth. So, you know, there you go. But, uh, that he had shot that, and he did an interview when they were doing press for this, and his reasoning was that, you know, it's the last chance I ever get to do a DC movie. I wanted to bring Batman and Joker together. So... The results are, the results are, you know, what you make of them, but the, and I, it is tacked on in that sense and a little confusing, but that's it's that's why it's there. It doesn't need to be, but that's why it's there. And it's tacked on, and it, but it, and, and completely unnecessary, even more so now that you you say that. Like, I, I get, I, and we could talk about you know the Snyderverse restoring that soon, but like, it felt like to me it was just like his like pitch to continue to do these things or something and it just it, it felt so horribly for me like Maybe. this was also my first introduction to jared leto's joker and i'd heard like how bad it was and i i wasn't really prepared that it was like that bad like i was uncomfortable watching them interact with each other and like how bad jared leto was in this role and like i the, even the way they it, i know you said they shot it so you know they're zoomed into them but even the way it was shot like I still think they could have done better in, in those circumstances. And yeah, it, it upsets me to think about it still. Oh man, Michael, you were going to hop in. Um, yeah. I, it felt like, so I think the classic, uh, some of the, the more pop culture references here is that it felt like return of the King. The ending of Return of the King. It felt like the return. It felt like the ending of. Uh, I mean, this is an old throwback, but uh, AI, artificial intelligence. Both those movies, I feel like just that. You know the what? End doesn't come. No, that's perfect. And you're like, okay, this I, is I, the re- Return of the King. And is the one that really going. resonates with me. And I know it's like, the I was li- literally like, you know, how long have we been here? I'm ready. I'm ready yeah. to get going. And you know, there's like eight different endings. It felt like. And, and that's the, like even like thinking like I thought about it and like really looked like like reevaluated. I was like, it's it's one scene. It's not like it's that long, but also that one interaction made me feel like that was like one of the longest moments in the movie. This like what is an epilogue, which you know is an extra right. bit tacked on the end. I was just like, <laughs> stop talking. Just stop. Talk, just stop. Talk. Frodo, get on the boat. Right. And, as, go and, and then home. I'm gonna say this. As absurd Please as this idea is, it's talking. a four-hour movie, so it's already absurd. But like, 
it's a four-hour movie with an epilogue, and still, I think that should have been an after-the-credits scene, even though that's an absurd thing to even have, and I don't believe this movie has it. Like, it was so out there that I just, it it felt completely disconnected for me, and yeah, I, I love the Return of the King one, except I think it's almost Duncan on Return of the King too much, because I always complain about that, but like, it's, it's harsh in that, but that is what it reminded me of, for sure. That's a fair statement because even I, as a you know, big fan of that movie, Jesse, am like for the last twenty minutes just waiting for it to just just end. I'm I'm emotionally exhausted. I can't, I can't take any more. I need to go do something else for a little bit. Um, so I I think all of that is fair, and you know even you know somebody who enjoyed this movie overall, the nightmare sequence in this movie and really in Batman v Superman, you know, I think kind of fall flat despite, you know, any promise or potential that people might see there because, you know, we don't, we don't know when or if we'll ever see the follow-up on any of that. So it, as it did in Bat v, Batman v Superman muddles down this story a little bit and it's probably something that should have been left out. But I mean, if Zach, wanted to bring them together one time because you know it's his movie and he can do what he wants before he's never allowed to touch any of this again then i guess you know i i'm not gonna you know blame him too or criticize yeah. him for that but well, I, I understand that too I, but this I, I is see, also i see where you guys are coming from as well that's probably the most expensive part of these reshoots was actually getting that scene put together like sure. i don't know for sure but i assume like actually filming new scenes would be grossly expensive and it just I would, and I, we're in a whole different world than this, but I would need so much justification as a studio for that scene, and it just wasn't there for me. <laughs> it's funny you mention that because justification for Warner Brothers and what <laughs> shouldn't shouldn't be happening moving forward is you know still a hot topic right now. Um, there's a lot of controversy around that. Um, so I, to just kind of catch you up a little bit kevin because i don't know you know how closely you followed you know any of what happened with justice league before this and for those who you know aren't aware is that you know of course not only was joss whedon brought in to you know finish this movie after Zack snyder tragically had to step away but that also you know ray fisher who plays cyborg has been extremely vocal and outspoken in his criticism of how the production was handled professionally after Whedon was there. He's made allegations of racism. That's, you know, his part of an angry black man at the center of a movie was stripped away and also allegations of abuse against not just Whedon, but, you know, executives at Warner brothers and Warner media. So there's a lot to unpack there and a lot going on. And so, and when we're talking about, is there any is there any way that the Snyderverse could even continue conceivably? You have all of that to look at first. Then there was the interview that Ann Snarnoff, ah, excuse me, Sarnoff, can't pronounce anything, uh, the chairman of Warner Media uh, gave the other day with Variety, and that this is mostly a direct quote i'm paraphrasing a tad but she said we're happy that zach could bring his cut to life 
Uh, with that comes the completion of his trilogy. We're happy we've done this, but we're excited about all the plans we have for multi-dimensional DC characters that are being developed right now. Basically saying we're happy that he, you know, got to do that, but we're going our separate ways after this and you're not going to see any more of this. Um, that obviously is not going to sit well with, you know, the rabid fan base who had a lot to do with making the Snyder cut happen in the first place. And I don't want to get into that so much that they're going to continue to be, you know, a pain point for Warner media. But in terms of, you know, could we see more of this universe if we're just talking <laughs> hypothetically, that's a lot to get through, man, just on the, just on the surface to be able to overcome all of that and bring this director and this original cast back. I mean, you have the contracts of the actors to get through. There's a lot, you know, there were a lot of uh, what ifs, you know, that need to be figured out before they can do that. Um, I would say I wouldn't want anyone back in a toxic environment like that either. I mean, it's just a movie. So if it's going to be a complete and utter clusterfuck that, you know, stifles everyone's creativity and, you know, there's these types of allegations going around, then don't do it. You know, it's, it's not worth it. But um, I would say on the other hand, I didn't think we'd ever see the Snyder cut as a real thing that we could watch on HBO max. I never you know, believed. And I disconnected from this universe after justice league, because again, it just made me feel lethargic towards it all. But I, you know, just didn't believe that this would ever happen. So I would say anything is possible. And if this is a big hit, for HBO Max, which I imagine it will be with how passionate uh, that section of the fan base is, you know, why, you know, why could this not be a thing where they just continue and let him finish, you know, his vision on HBO Max in, you know, this type of format where it's, you know, not a four hour movie necessarily, but split up into chapters. You can stream, you know, the individual, you know, chapters and get through it that way. That would help with that. And, you know, also you can make it non-canon. This can be its own thing over in this corner of HBO Max. They can continue with all of their other movies they already have planned. And I guess I'm just a little dumbfounded overall. Of course, you know, I watch WWE a lot because I'm a big wrestling fan and they do stupid shit all the time. So that's, you know, par for the course with some of these companies. But I just don't understand why you can have your cake and eat it too, basically, um, if you just let them finish this over here. HBO Max, I would imagine, would be interested. They haven't had anything get this much publicity since game of thrones and that was a catastrophic ending for them so those, those are kind of my thoughts i mean i i would like to see it continue i don't think it's going to happen um but you know never say never and i don't know why big corporations like this you know make idiotic nonsensical decisions when especially when they care about money but that's not right. over there uh, so I don't know. Am, am I off base here? You know, what do you guys think? Am I, am I just, you know, no, crazy? I think you, no, I, I have, I think you have a, you, you laid it out really good. Cause there's a lot of complications here between contracts and 
the set and changes in the world and everything like that. But I think you are absolutely wrong that this is the end of it. Like as as much as like logically it should be. I, I didn't it, say it was the end. I've said <laughs> I don't think it will continue. Yeah, you don't think they can pull it off. But I, I'm, I'm saying I absolutely think they are going to bring this back in some way. It might not be exactly what they're going to bring Zack Snyder back into the fold in to continue some of this in some way. He set up way too much and they've already, you know, gone through so much for him. And it's already a huge hit. I mean, if you look at the Rotten Tomatoes, the audience score, even though it's probably been flooded with Snyder fans, it's, it's absurd. It's probably, insane. Yeah. <laughs> and people, people are happy and they're having fun. They're talking about it and it's getting... And, and ultimately, you know, Snyder's talked about releasing it in black and white and releasing it in IMAX when the world's back. And, you know, I, I don't know if they would do as much of the HBO Max like miniseries as you're talking about, because I think Snyder really likes the like cinematic experience. But I think they will find a way to get this back. And I know it's complicated with all the contracts and stuff. But I, I think her, uh, well, the CEO's comments to me also read like, as you know, a band at the end of the night when they say, "Hey, this is our last song. Thanks, it's been great." Expecting everyone to clap for the encore, like I feel like she's almost setting up the Snyder fans to be like, you know, we're moving on, whatever, and wants them to demand Zack Snyder to have more say in this world. And and I think they will. I think they're loving this publicity, and it's it's the most positive thing that's happened to the DC universe, and I, I don't know ever. <laughs> I can't think of a more time that we were talking about DC so much versus Marvel in, in a positive way. So I just think they, <laughs> the money prints itself. I feel like it's a money decision and they will, they will absolutely figure it out. Well, and you know, that's kind of the test, you know, does, you know, do movies and does Hollywood still work the same as they did before? Because, you know, say this was a movie released in theaters and it did big money. There's no way they would not do another right. one. But it's, point complicated by the fact that of course it's on streaming and you know those numbers i think are a little bit harder to gauge but it's just to me hard to fathom them getting all i'm sorry getting past all of what they've already been through those toxic relationships um but at the end of the day it, this was kind of made for Zack snyder this format being able to do as long as he wanted having the ability and the freedom to split it up for people who can only take so much of him mm -hmm. all at once um and his style that's right. i mean that's where he should live regardless of what happens with dc like <laughs> he should make a future just making these you know giant marathon you know many series films on streaming but it's but also... i don't think he wants that streaming <laughs> aspect but i agree with you it works better for him i just don't think that's what he wants i and, you know he should definitely do whatever he wants. If he doesn't want to come back for this, he should not. Um, but it's just, you know, there's also that kind of power vacuum or that void of big epic, you know, comic book adaptations right now with, you know, Marvel just getting into phase four. So this is DC's time to strike, man. If they're ever going to steal attention away from Marvel, it's going to be with this and it's going to be now. And if they're still trying to play catch up, to what Marvel has done. They're 13 years behind at this point. They're, they're never right. going to catch up. So they should just be different and do their own thing rather than trying to emulate everything Marvel is doing. Oh, absolutely. I just also think, you know, they see this attention it's getting. I, I feel like they're going to figure out a way to translate it into 
dollars and continue it like this in some aspect. I, I would, yeah, I would like to see it. But Michael, what, what do you think? Where do you stand on all this? I mean, I stand on the sense that I, I like the, the format's an interesting setup. Like, obviously, um, I think this idea of us putting out something on streaming that was like it's it's half a work day of a movie um is it even a movie at that point if it's that long you know is it a, a, a saga is it so i think the formatting is kind of this new entryway with streaming with this possibility that we could look at something more along those lines i think if it had been for, i think i think they did kind of a bad job of how to frame it i think if they would have done it maybe as a um mini series uh they might have seen like <laughs> I, i'm guessing a bunch of people bought hbo subscriptions to watch this or stole the hbo password from their friend um i think though oh sure. if it had been done kind of as a mini series and we were really excited a little bit more digestible for some had people teased or uh, had been like, reported that it yeah. was going to be a mini series because um, like oh that's cool that's that's different than what we usually see and then i was like nah just kidding it's a four-hour movie and it's like eh, yeah. i was kind of more excited well, when it was the other way and i think that's where i'm getting the like he doesn't want to do these mini series like he ultimately wants to be a cinema director and that's not overall. I agree with you. They should be doing different things, like long form mm -hmm. miniseries and stuff. I just don't know if Snyder wants yeah. that. I think he wants to be seen as, you know, a and, nerd Scorsese or something. And it could still all be one movie if that's what he wants. They can just then go and literally yeah, sure. split it up, like on their platform. Like here, you can watch them all at once, or you can watch them individually as chapters. You know, whatever works best for you. And I do like the idea kind of, uh, or I nerd wise, the idea of like having a Snyder verse over here and then like a cinematic back to the DCU, uh, WB executive run DC movies over here is like really classic actual DC comics. They've, they've had so many times where they've like had to smash their, uh, their crises, um, series they essentially have where they smash their universes back together because they have like so many different multiverse stories and lines and comic series so they smash them all together and then like do a reset on their universe so i mean it would be kind of in their like they, they've done it so many times it's in their wheelhouse already like their old hats at like being like oh well cool we're just gonna pull this from over here and put this over here and you guys like this wonder woman but actually like this batman but this flash is actually someone you like, and then you actually kind of like this story. So we're just going to push this together here a few years down the road. It's all good. You, you love us now, right? So I kind of like that idea. It's, it's a nice little comic-y thing, but also I don't know how well that would play with audiences because, you know. Well, really, I mean, it kind of puts to be like, them in a oh, position where they I see what you have to there. prove that they know better so. than Zach does, you know, because he gets to finish his complete vision and then fans will judge that for its worth. And I mean, the Snyder 
yeah, verse fans will just, you know, love him no matter what he does. I've, I've seen this described as a cinematic masterpiece, and that's one of the best superhero <laughs> movies of all time. And I am not there, you guys. I'm, I'm not that crazy. But so they'll love him no matter what. But other audiences will decide for themselves. And then, I mean, DC can, <laughs> you know, I, I don't really. They have the Batman with Robert Pattinson, which looks pretty good and i mean they have a couple of other sequels in the works so fans will you know uh you know vote with their wallets you know as they are being released in theaters so it's 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 an opportunity to you know they can prove to the snyder fans once and for all that you shouldn't have been so mean to us because we knew what we were doing but uh, i don't know i it, it just makes sense to to me to do that now and if they don't I don't know that they have a lot else upcoming that's really going to excite anybody, and it seems like they're going to lose any ground they've gained back to Marvel unless the movies that are coming up are going to be really good. That's my right. that's my diatribe, and that's, that's where I'll leave it. Yeah, and I don't. I guess I don't know really what's coming up um, exactly, but I, I do know there's like the new Batman <laughs> with Robert Pattinson and yes. Yeah. There's like, I, I still know where some of the, you know, other standalone movies are. Um, but I guess I do see some, I mean, and, and there was rumors of some, you know, old Batmans coming in through, you know, different ways and stuff like that. So I don't know. I just think we're not, we're not quite done with the Snyderverse completely, but I do think there will be, it's what it looks like is, is still unknown completely. But I, I can't see them walking away from this being like satisfied and, and just done with it. You know, I do think they'll jump on some sort of momentum. Yeah, exactly. And I know, again, it translates differently when it's not in theaters, but I think there's some justification. It would have made a good chunk of change on, in at least some capacity, if they had released some sort of the Snyder Cut. You know, in the in the theaters, maybe not a four-hour version. Well, it's it's always hard to tell who has more pull in these situations. But even from HBO's perspective, of being what we had this massive hit, you're not going to do any more of these. <laughs> Come on, man. Right. We, need, we need more. We need more subscribers. We have to beat Netflix and Disney Plus. Although everyone if, else, if the, if the next movie is just more of that nightmare scene, I don't think I can handle. it. <laughs> Even though I am intrigued by the idea of like this rogue Superman and they have to fight him, I just like it's like almost like a Mad Max <laughs> feel to it. That was kind of cool. I will say that it had a cool aesthetic, but not if it's just the Joker and Batman. I don't know what they were doing, whatever they were doing. More close ups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I can't even, I forgot about that line and that's it's awful. Even each other reach arounds. Well, we made it, boys. Perfect. All right. I think, yeah, I think, I think on that uh, outstanding revelation of that. Um, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Uh, Sorry if I uh, thanks so uh, much, Kevin, a lot, for uh, joining uh, us. I definitely had a lot uh, of opinions we'll have you back here, so I, I appreciate it, and I will come back anytime, and hopefully a little less uh, angry at the movie I, I just watched. You'd be a terrible guest if you didn't speak that much. So that's <laughs> format. So you're good. All right. <laughs> Perfect. Well, 
that's it for Hit the Real. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Stay real. <laughs>